Welcome to another edition of the Official Jets Podcast, powered by Amazon Web Services. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen, here in the BetMGM studios. And today we're joined by none other than Queens native, Bless Austin. I just saw across the hall the lights are going down, but we are still powered by <laughs> AWS. And the podcast goes on here. Chris Hogan was a great guest last week, and I'll tell you what, I think fans are really going to like this spot with Bless Austin. I like that you referred to him as the King of Queens. Not in the interview, but Bless Austin, for those who don't know, is from Queens. And then he goes to Rutgers. He's a local guy, right? Like, how do you not love a local guy, especially with a story of two ACL tears, six-round pick, hmm. starts on the physically unable to perform list as a rookie, has a handful of starts last season, flashed, gets benched, and now is a starter for the Jets. A New York kid, he went to high school at Campus Magnet. That used to be Andrew Jackson, of course, in Queens, and he played a lot of positions there at Rutgers. Uh, NFL folks were talking about him early in his career, but you mentioned he had a couple knee injuries, worked so hard to overcome uh, that, and then he gets drafted in the sixth round. And then he comes in his rookie season, he starts a number of ball games, flashes, experiences a couple lows, but he is a different player this year. I think he brings a New York mentality to the edge. He's tough, he's in your face, he's also supremely intelligent. And he's a gifted ball player who's going to take advantage of his talent and his opportunities. And he was responsible for one of two forced fumbles on Josh Allen on Sunday. I think it was a pretty nice tackle. Upends him. Then I, we talked about this with him, but I don't know if you see it, but on the broadcast view, you start to see Bless Austin like crawl upfield on all fours. So I think he's pretty physical cornerback, and he had that hit on Hunter Renfro last year against the Raiders. Oh, my God. We were watching that hit against the Raiders. Renfro, I was worried about him. That was <laughs> yeah. a monstrous shot, a body shot. And you're uh, like, oh, man, I don't know if he's going to be able to get up from that. Uh, but, hey, that's what you want from anybody. And to have that kind of physicality on the outside, you like it because he's rangy, he's fast, he's physical. And he's tenacious. He just gets after it, and he loves to play. So, uh, a bless Austin, good start for him. And also, great start for Marcus May. I thought he played his best professional game against the Buffalo Bills. They're going to need those guys this weekend against a San Francisco 49ers team that is coordinated by Kyle Shanahan. And he throws a lot of different things at you, a lot of motions and formations and he loves his athletic linemen and his fast running backs so the Jets have to tackle and be on point this weekend against a Frisco team that's going to be coming in here with an edge after losing their opener real quick on the 49ers did you see Trent Williams absolutely demolish a middle linebacker that doesn't surprise me. I didn't see the replay. Oh, man, I, I, I got to show you the play. Let, let's just say. I saw Raheem Mostert get in the open field on a pass route, and he got into the end zone in about three seconds, 76 <laughs> yards. Yeah. yeah, so the good news for the Jets secondary and Bless Austin is that the 49ers are pretty banged up at receiver right now. They Debo are Samuel on IR. Yep. Their first-round pick, Brandon Ayuk, did not play. So those guys, kind of similar to the Jets, maybe – 
more banged up at receiver than the Jets are right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and you could make the argument at, at this point in time that Bless Austin is the Jets' top outside cornerback, especially after one week. Uh, we'll mm -hmm. have to see what happens. You feel bad for Pierre Desir because he's a guy who's had success in the National Football League, was, but was battling that hamstring injury for most of training camp and came back against the Bills. He was replaced in the lineup by Nate Harrison. So some moving pieces back there, but uh, Bless Austin is a guy whose progression we're going to continue to track here in year two. And I think the arrow is really pointed up. And like you said, I think he's going to become a fan favorite. Yeah, I definitely think so. And enough talking about Bless Austin. Let's hear from number 31. Now joined by the pride of Queens Jets cornerback, Bless Austin. Bless, thanks a lot for joining us here on the podcast. No problem. Anytime, anytime. So I just want to start off with a, a kind of a lighthearted question. I spoke to fellow Queens native Folorenzo Fadakasi about this last season. What do you say to people that don't fold their pizza as a native New Yorker? <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't place people in boxes. I, I'm a pretty open dude, so <laughs> I, I don't say much to them. Uh, I, I let people rock out how they want to rock out. That's pretty nice of you. Well, how do you rock out when you go back to Queens and uh, maybe you uh, see people you went to school with at, at Campus yeah. Magnet? Uh, what is it like? What is the reaction when Bless Austin goes home? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's like a whole big parade. You know, I'm pretty, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty normal to the guys I went to school with. They don't kind of put me on a pedestal. So it, it, it feels real good going home just because of that alone. You know, it feels like home as it should, so I, I love going home. I love being in Queens. So who was your team growing up? I'm not going to lie, it was the Giants. <laughs> like, I went to the uh, Giants parade when they won the Super Bowl when I was younger and everything. So and that was the squad. And who were your favorite players? I was a big fan of Amar Bradshaw. Nah. And I like Antonio Pierce, man. He was, he was such a dog on the field, and his IQ was amazing. So I just love... You know, watching him boil out too. You know, I know I'm a DB, but I like watching all the other positions as well. Bless from where you're from in Queens. Is there like a split Jets Giants, or is it just random? Because obviously, certain parts of the five boroughs are split. But Queens is what? Like, it, I know it's Mets, but is it football split? I mean, it's so it's so yeah, it is exactly split. I mean, it's so diverse, man. You got people that move from all over the place. And moved to New York City, so I'm talking about. I seen Philly fans, Washington Redskins fans. I seen Charger fans in New York City. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> Charger like, fans. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. It's so weird because you know everybody just comes from all over the place in New York City. Bless you played some quarterback in high school. What were you like as a QB, a signal caller? Give me a scout. I like report. to say I like to say like I was Lamar Jackson before he really burst onto the scene. <laughs> Like, I really believe I was like that, you know. I was able to really drop back, let it go, and then scramble out the pocket whenever it was necessary. So, I mean, I, that's how I like to think of myself. I'm not going to say that's the case, but when I think of myself and when I did it, that's what I think. <laughs> how much did you love having the ball in your hand? I mean, sometimes I loved it. Sometimes I disliked it. I mean, for some reason, man, at QB, you, you take the craziest shots, man. I mean, when I played any other position or offense, I didn't take as bad as hits as I did when I played quarterback. So <laughs> that was fun while it lasted. 
You seem like a guy, though, who definitely loves the physicality of the game. That's interesting that the guy you looked up to growing up was a linebacker, Antonio Pierce. Do you think you play like a linebacker on the outside? I mean, linebacker, that's a, that's a different type of beast right there, so I'm not going to disrespect that position <laughs> at all. But um, I definitely do have a physical component to my game, no doubt about it. That's something we pride ourselves in, pride ourselves on in the DB room. I mean, just going off of that, though, last season against the Raiders, you had that hit on Hunter Renfro, and then even against the Bills, you upend Josh Allen, and then I think you liked it a little bit because I saw you crawling up the field on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I just, when I'm out there, I'm a different person, man. I, I, I really invite I invite violence, man, to be really honest with you. So when I'm out there, I'm a different person. I can't really explain it, but... Something changed when I get out there in between the white lines. Are you a talker on the field? I got to imagine you have to be if you're playing the cornerback position and, uh, and, yeah. and a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. And That quarterback you were playing early in the season of week one, Josh Allen, he doesn't mind talking himself. And, and blesses from Queens, so he definitely knows how to talk on the field. I'm not gonna lie, man. He he he, he kind of uh, I, I loved it. I loved the fact that he was talking, man. He, he kind of <laughs> gave me a little he gave me a little rock star vibe to him. He was talking trash back to me, so it was like all respect when he he started talking trash back. I loved it. Bless. Um, in high school though, didn't Fifty Cent and LL Cool J both go to your high school? But back in the day, yeah, they definitely did. And are you a Fifty guy or are you an LL guy or do you more so? lend to go to somebody else that I don't even know went to your high school? I mean, that, that's two different eras of music and two different sounds. So I love both, but I feel like it's a time and place for both of them, you know, to fit in. So I can't really side with one or the other. It's, it's just a different vibe with both of those guys. What about Jay-Z? Where does he fit in the equation? Jay-Z <laughs> Jay is Jay for when you really want to, you know, sit back and, and, and get, get lectured and get taught something when you want to get educated. That's what Jay-Z for, you know, he, he he's one of those guys that he he rapped about every different phase in his life, even up to now as a success, successful entrepreneur. So he's definitely one of those guys you want to listen to when you feeling when you feel like being motivated. Bless, when did your love of like the arts come into play? Because not only are you a big music guy, but we had talked before last season about your post football career acting aspirations. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, I love aesthetics. I love, I love the art of everything, the beauty of everything. So, you know, acting, I feel like that's something that everybody has a natural skill of. They just don't want to admit to themselves that they do. Because at every point <laughs> of somebody's life, life, they lied before and they sold the whole act. And nobody wants to, you know, admit that they have the ability to act. But I feel like we all doing something that we should tap into. But did you do any of that in high school, maybe? Most definitely, um, not high school. High school, I didn't go to a high school that specified in like arts. So you know, I went to a business entrepreneurship, you know, high school. So we we just learned more about entrepreneurship and the business realm of things, which I loved. But I didn't go to a high school that categorized in that. But in like junior high and elementary, I did act in some plays. What plays? <laughs> yeah, we, we got to know detail. <laughs> The issue is, it was so long ago, and I was young, I can't really remember the content, like, the context of those plays, like, what it was about and who I was supposed to be. Like, I can't remember it, so I just don't want to go throwing out things that's, you know, inaccurate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Um, what about 
What about it do you like, though? And if you or somebody that likes the arts, do you have a couple favorite movies? Um, I like Wolf of Wall Street. I love Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, I love the acting in there. I love the scenery. I love the, you know, you feel like you're in the movie when you're watching it. You know, um, so that's definitely one of my favorite movies. And then it motivates you too somehow, some way. You know, just the <laughs> fact that you see guys really trying to, you know, do whatever they can to make it to the top. It's like, you know, they got a little hidden motivation in there. You kind of got to see it in a positive way. Don't, don't do what they did, of course, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, so qua I, no that, quaaludes, bless. No quaaludes, all right? Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, that, I, Let's keep it clean. Let's keep it clean. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. You just bro. talked about it. You're such a positive guy. What was your favorite scene in The Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, uh, I love I loved when, he, um, when he told the business he was leaving and he decided <laughs> to stay. <laughs> I, I love that part because, like, he wasn't, he didn't decide to stay out of his own interest. It's because how much love he actually had for the workers who was working for him. So it was kind of cool to see him like make that sacrifice. Even it was for, even though it was for a bad reason, <laughs> it was kind of cool to make. It was kind of cool to see him see the Bulls make that sacrifice for his workers. You know, in the uh, in the unfiltered version of this podcast, EA and I are going to need your rendition of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe after we're done recording here, you can give us a rendition. But uh, mo moving on to the football field, you know, you mentioned. Jay-Z as like a form or a music to listen to when you want to be educated and so much has been made of that Steelers game in your career about that teaching moment. Can you tell us just more in detail what was going through your mind at that time and then now how you look upon that moment? Yeah, so basically, you know, your rookie year, you know, sometimes when you when you study the game plan, you can become a robot if you don't be critical and um, aware of certain situations. So you know, within that play, you know, all I was thinking was, you know, you had split rules, you know, where the receivers lined up and based off the formation where Rowdy's running. But what I didn't think of was the situation in the game in which they needed to score. So, you know, that's something that as a rookie, you know, you're not thinking of. You're not thinking of situation in the game. You're just like, I got to make sure I don't make this mistake, you know, and I'm trying to make this play. But you're not thinking of, I got to make, make sure that this play don't happen to stop myself from putting my team in a bad position. So that's the certain things that, that don't go through your mind as a rookie. And that got exposed that play. So, you know, that was a learning lesson, no doubt. I didn't see it as that then, of course, you know, but, you know, reflecting on it shortly after, I saw it as then and took advantage of that moment and learned from it you and put were, the work in. You were one of the Jets' uh, best players in the season opener against the Buffalo Bills. There's no doubt about that. But what was that moment like in training camp? The big boy fade. They're in the high red zone, and they line the offense lines up Rashad Perryman inside, and you're all over it, and you get the interception. Was that a play that occurred for you in slow motion? Um, no doubt about it. You know, um, from the split, you know where he was lined up. You know, in the receiver at receiving, you know he was lined up at three. You know, that's not somewhere where he traditionally lines up as an X. So just knowing that and understanding the situation where he was at on the field, I kind of uh, felt the play coming. So I was able to uh, already determine how I was going to look for the ball based off how he ran the route and the position I was going to be in. So it kind of put me a step ahead to make the play. EA just said that you were one of the best Jets on Sunday against the Bills. How would you evaluate your 
season opener. And what was it like for you to go from a six-round pick to start on the physically unable to perform list your rookie year to starting week one for the New York Jets in your second year? Um, I kind of don't get – I don't – honestly, when I check boxes, I keep it moving. I don't really get too settled on it. So, you know, even after – when I was drafted, it's pretty much was, all right, next. Like, you know, next. And then after, you know, getting back and practicing, it was, you know, practice, make the roster, then next. You know, next goal. So, I don't get too, you know, soaked in on the, on the moment. I just, you know, check the box and move on because there's just so much more that I'm trying to do. Hey, Bless, uh, I think a lot of, of people might have said, hey, football's not for me. This is not bound to happen for me after those two knee injuries at Rutgers. But what kept you going, and how did that path help you actually to where you are today? So, I mean, um, the first one definitely was kind of catastrophic to my mental because I, I just didn't know how my body was going to react after surgery. I never had a surgery before up to that day. So I was just kind of confused on, you know, how I was going to react. And I just couldn't foresee myself at the time, you know, running and cutting as, as, as well as I did before the injury. So it was some some like I was I was nervous at the time, the first time around. But after recovering and bouncing back, honestly, the second time it happened, it was it was kind of uh, just like wiping sweat off my forehead as far as like thinking about me bouncing back. I had no doubt in my mind I was going to be able to do it. Just knowing, understanding my body more after the first time around. So. I didn't really have a, a doubt in my mind about continuing to play. The only the only understanding was like, all right, uh, did I shave a, a year or two off of them uh, <laughs> after having them surgeries? That was my only concern. Oh, well, then. I'm one of those guys. I, I wish I could play till I'm 40. <laughs> so I'm like, dang, do I have to now pack it up at 36? So I just, <laughs> that's how I think of it. Hey, listen, Tom Brady's doing it. Drew Brees is doing it. Your teammate, Frank Gore, is 37 years old playing yeah. running back. So why not bless Austin playing yeah. cornerback at 40? Acting will always be there, bless. You know, you can go as long as you want in football, and then you can transition to acting, whether you're 40, 50, however old, right? So, Most definitely, yep. Um, for you, though, you had talked about checking off boxes, one after the other, whatever's right in front of you. What's next for you, though, entering this 2020 season? Uh, week two, you know, uh, we got San Fran this week. So I'm just uh, literally paying attention to the days and uh, how much work I put in each day because at the, at the end of the day, all of that adds up and affects how you play on Sunday. So that's that's how I usually do, do my business. I just pay attention one day at a time. What do you know about the 49ers here at this stage of the week? It's early, a, a non-traditional opponent for the New York Jets, but I'm sure you watch the Super Bowl. And part two of this is you are a local guy. This is the Jets season opener. How odd is it going to feel being at MetLife Stadium without those fans in attendance? I mean, to be pretty honest with you, man, uh, when I'm out there, I'm so locked in. I honestly forgot the fans wasn't there on Sunday. You know, I was so locked in and pumped up and, and just happy to be playing the game, period, that I, I couldn't even remember that the fans weren't there until the game was over. So um, it's definitely going to be different, no doubt. I'm not going to say that the fans don't make a difference at all because they definitely do. And it's definitely, I mean, the energy is just different when they're there. But I'm quite sure when the game starts, it's going to be, you know, the thought's going to be out of my mind. What about the Niners? You got any, any scouting the, report yet? Um, I, What I do know of them, yep. they're a very complex offense, and they got a, a genius in the offensive coordinator, Coach Shanahan. So, and they got some very athletic plays on the, on the offensive side of the ball, man. You know, uh, George Kittle, you know, 
I know Debo, you know, he got banged up a bit in the offseason. But, you know, they got some other guys that I went against Pettis in, in college. So, you know, I know he's there. You know, he's a great dude, man. They got some Roheem Mostert, man. Yep. You know, they got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And just, you know, guys that well intact, they play with each other for a long time. Super Bowl team. I mean, those dudes are a great football team, man. So I'm just happy to be able to go against those guys. You know, I just I love this game, be able to play against the best in the world. Hey, Bless, we wish you a lot of luck this weekend. But I wanted to ask you, everybody was talking about Le'Veon Bell coming back to camp in great shape. Oh, less, boy, than four, less than 4% <laughs> body fat. Bless Austin looks like he put on muscle this offseason. <laughs> and you, I want to know what your body fat is. It's four. It's actually it's four. Did you, you know, put, it, did you put on a couple pounds? Of, you put on a couple pounds of muscle in the off season. I mean, yes, I did, but I was always playing at this size. It was just now clear cutting and day. What people forget is I was bouncing those little ACL surgeries, so I was kind of building from the ground up again. You know, I'm talking about after surgery, I'm weighing 168, 170, and I have to build back up to what I play at, which is 198, 200. So. You know, that's something that, you know, people people didn't get to see. But now, you know, they see they see the work that I was able to put in in the offseason. All right, Bless, last question here. I'm curious, as a Giants fan growing up from Queens, you're obviously no stranger to Jets fans. What did you, what did you think of Jets fans growing up? Because Jets fans can be ruthless, especially in Queens. I mean, honestly, I, I kind of – I love the uh, Giants growing up, but I, I, I paddled both sides of the fence because when, when the Jets was in those two AFC championships, best believe I was in front of my TV cheering the Jets <laughs> on. So, you know, I didn't think anything of it at all. And then, you know, when they when we had Darrell and Antonio Cromartie, I mean, those are guys I was watching growing up. So I didn't think anything of Jets fans at all. All right. Spoken uh, like a true New Yorker. Hey, I love listen, it. keep doing your thing and maybe – Greg Williams will let you cross over the hall and talk to Adam Gates a little bit, and you can get a little package of plays so you can maybe play some quarterback in the red zone. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of getting tackled. I I love doing the hitting, but I don't like getting (laughs) hit. All right, fair enough, Flesh. We appreciate the time. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks. No problem. Appreciate it. Great to hear from Bless Austin EA. What do you think about this? We talked to him about his acting aspiration (laughs) post-football. So last year on the 40-yard stroll, I said, if you could have an actor play you in your own biography in a movie, who would you choose? And he chose Michael B. Jordan. What do you think about that? You think it's a good fit? I like it. I think you should be able to choose who's going to play you in a movie. So, (laughs) But do you think he could represent him well? You asked me a question. The bottom line is, hey, if you ask somebody who should play you, they should know it better than anybody else. (laughs) So, yes, that is the perfect fit. All right, great. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, going back to football, though, for a minute, I do think that the arrow is pointing up for Bless Austin, like you said. And I think that a lot of fans are hoping he can almost outplay where you get drafted. Like, not a lot of – Six-round picks end up being second or starting corner of their second season. I think that's a pretty big feat for somebody like Bless Austin what coming you, off of his dual surgery. Yeah. What do you think about his scouting report back in high school of him playing quarterback? He oh, said he was he's, probably he's, nasty. He said he's got a game like Lamar Jackson. So he, the thing with Bless is that he's that's cut, he's style. long. Yep. He's lanky. I can see it. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see it. And you know, I didn't want to say this, but it's not like Queens High School. You're not juggernaut football teams. Hey, take it easy. I, I'm a New Yorker. I right. can say these you're, things. You're a Manhattan guy. 
I am. There's definitely no Manhattan football. I can tell <laughs> you that. That's my point. <laughs> I can tell you that. There's a couple schools, but uh, it, Rutgers is represented in the National Football League by like six or seven players, mm -hmm. and I think four of them are defensive backs. You think about the McCourties. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say them. Logan Ryan. Uh, uh, Deron Harmon, too, as well, right? Go. We're just uh, talking about all Patriots or former Patriots yeah, at this for, point. <laughs> former Patriots, no doubt about that. And we didn't ask them about the McCourties, but I'm sure Bless will exchange pleasantries with those guys when he's on the field with them. But uh, first things first. For the Jets, after a, uh, a tough game in Buffalo to open the season, let's see if they can take a step forward. I like the mentality of this kid. He's resilient, and, yeah. and that's what you need in the locker room. You need a bunch of Bless Austins after what happened in Buffalo. And I also really enjoyed what he said about having no fans in the stand. He said, I, I couldn't even tell. I'm so jacked up. I'm so into the game itself that I just tune everything else out. I am so focused and ready to roll. It doesn't matter to me. You know, this is going to sound kind of strange. Josh Allen threw for over 300 yards for like the first time since high school against this Jets team in week one. He didn't do that at Wyoming? I don't believe so. Okay. But is it fair to say that Bless Austin had a good game? He definitely, he def like I think he did. He definitely had a good game. You, you look at where some of those yards were being picked up, they were across the way from him. Um, again, he, he brought a, a physical mentality and he was out there knocking people around. Um, yeah, he, he had a good game. Again, if you were getting game balls out and you don't do that after you lose, by double digits on the road against a division opponent, but we can because we're sitting here afar, uh, uh, apart from the locker room. The two game balls I give out to, would, number one would be to Marcus May, and the second one would be to Bless Austin. And then I give one to Jameson. Sorry, Jameson. I, <laughs> you know, anytime you go for seven receptions over 100 yards and have a 69-yard score, yeah, you get one too. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're giving a game ball to Jameson anyway. But... I do think you're right. I think Bless Austin had a good game, and I think that one that hit was awesome. The uh, the up end over Josh Allen with the forced yeah, fumble. Yeah, forced fumble. Yep. And remember last season he had the Hunter Renfro hit too. Yep. So I mean, it, Bless Austin likes to lay the the thunder on the outside a little bit. He's got good qualities for a cornerback that you want to have. Is that he's big, he's long, he can press at the line of scrimmage. I also think he can find the football and his football acumen continues to increase. You know, where you come in as a rookie, and Makai Becton said it after week one, the speed of the game, everything's yeah. just coming so fast right now. I think for a guy like Bless Austin, what we're watching is it's all slowing down for him. Yeah, it's funny because in the NFL, Playing fast is really slowing down. It's kind of an oxymoron. And for Bless, you definitely saw that progression in the first game and Jets fans and Bless hoping to see more of that over weeks 2 to 17. And another thing that I liked during camp was Denard Wilson. He waxed poetically about him. And oftentimes you won't see a coach talk about a player like that, but the way he talked about a Bless and the way he's taken to coaching and just his professional approach that really stood out to me. Yeah, I agree with that. And you saw the progression from last season, week 16, not being situationally aware to making a play in training camp and picking off Sam Darnold. So that shows the progression that Bless Austin made. And maybe we'll he see. Can, maybe he can get Jimmy Garoppolo this week, huh? That'd yeah, be nice. I hope that, that would be real nice. 
So we'll see what happens with Bless Austin over the course of the 2020 regular season. But that's all we have here for this episode of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. Eric Allen, Ethan Greenberg, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>